last-minute fixes. Comfortably. Welcome to Are You Screening? It's Reaction Review. My name is Mark Eastman, and with me, as always, is my wonderful co-host, Shane Leonard. Thank you. Hi. And this week, we are doing uh, The Dark Knight Rises, and we are expanded. If you are actually, if you've actually showed up and you've listened to us before, we've expanded this week to 90 minutes, right. and partially because most of the time we go 90 minutes anyway. We're going to do it anyway. And, yeah, partially because we figure this is going to be a movie that we're going to actually talk about. <laughs> and, I mean, that, you know, we'll obviously talk about any movie for uh, we, far yeah, far longer than yeah. is necessary. But this is one that there is probably going to be interesting things to talk about. I want to start first. Uh, I feel like I'm just kind of obligated, which is a bad thing to say because I don't, I don't want it to be because I'm yeah. obligated, but I feel like we do have to say that, you know, our, our hearts go out to the people in Colorado yeah. and I, you know, everybody's obviously been talking about this. I was kind of most taken by Christopher Nolan's short, but interesting response. Um, especially because, you know, he, he talks about the movie theater being his home. Right. And it's kind of strange because this really kind of hit me actually because it, it was a movie theater. I mean, yeah. we're we're obviously you know movie theater people, and Absolutely. and that's really kind of how I felt too. It's yeah. it was like you know there have been other similar tragedies right. that were not quite the response from me, I guess. And yeah. I, I guess it's because it was a movie theater or I, I don't even know. It just was such a weird thing. Yeah. Um, I, I think it was such a weird thing. It's like, there's, you can't get anything out of it. It's not even like you had anything against those people or, right. or whatever. I don't know. But anyway, um, our hearts and thoughts yeah, go absolutely. out to the people in Colorado. Um, the other thing that I wanted to start with is we actually got a question for, uh, about the Dark Knight. So we will get to that at an appropriate point, and hopefully I won't forget about it. Uh, I'll try to remind you. But that does just kind of uh, remind me to remind everybody listening that um, the chat room is open now. <laughs> We have eyes on it. We we are available to take calls. It, it will be a might be a little tricky with uh, we just had like some <laughs> feedback problems on having the volume up too high, but the the lines are open if people call in. We would love to hear some responses about the Dark Knight. We have had a call before, but not with the new gear. I'm kind of interested. Exactly. To see what that's that's, that's right. Like. We've had so, we've had a call before, and it worked out great. It was great. But if you call now and we mess it up, really, right. don't don't feel awkward. Right. Or, now you we, know, we now we're, we're to going blame. to have to do something to yeah. make sure that we can we can hear the person, <laughs> yeah. and we'll you know we'll see how that goes. Right. But the chat room is open. There is, if you go to rescreening.com, there is a forum, which yeah. which actually serves only to facilitate questions that you might want to throw at us and make sure we're aware of. 
before we, you know, get on the air because we have had many emails from people right. in the time that we've been doing this that they might have a question or something like that, but they're not necessarily going to listen live. Right. And they, you know, they, for them, it's all about the podcast and, yeah. you know, that's cool, but, you know, take advantage of that. If you email us, that's fine. But also the forum is there just in case, you know, maybe some conversation can roll along sure. from that. But we do have a question, and I think it's a very interesting question, and I think my answer to the question is also kind of, kind of interesting, or at least it's an interesting jumping-off point to talk about things yeah. about the movie. Kind um, of in the same way we did before the film started. We started bantering around about it, and then the previews started, and we saw a really weird Tom Cruise thing. But Right. But, yeah, um, I'm really looking forward to that movie yeah. in a very special way, Jack Reacher. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know how Tom Cruise got that part, actually. And that's actually gone around the Internet, too, is that people have been questioning his <laughs> his placement in that role because it seems a little strange. Yeah, well. But anyway, um, I don't know that the trailer's helping me love that movie either, yeah, me either. To, to, tell, <laughs> to tell the truth. <laughs> but, um, I don't know if we have anything else uh, we need to take care of before so. we jump in. No. So uh, The Dark Knight Rises. It is funny. We were talking about this, too, before the movie started, that I did actually read some reviews. Right. If you've listened to us before, you know that we kind of try not to read too many reviews if we can avoid it. Right. And, you know, it usually comes about one way or another that we might read one or two. I usually read right. a few. I know some critics uh, uh, online who I know don't really spoil anything. Yeah, um, they're, yeah. They're not going to tell me what happens. They're just going to give me like a fair impression. And then I, you know, I'll read those sometimes. And I guess we should say, I don't know how spoilery we're going to get. We have a long time, sort of. So yeah. Um, yeah. there's a chance we might get kind of spoilery. But the thing is, I don't know if you can spoil this movie. I don't either. There's like a surprise. Well, there is. There's certainly and, something. We and could if you're say, surprised yeah. by it, right. then uh, you know I feel for you greatly. But yeah. I, I was none surprised by that yeah. surprise. Right. The surprise of, you know, I don't know, even how to explain it without giving it away. But I mean, there's really kind of only one surprise, I guess. Yeah, I think so. There's only one little, you know, kind of twisty, goofiness, and. And I don't know how you could be surprised by that. I don't know how you could like watch this movie and not know that was coming, or at least something very similar to that was coming. I mean, I, I don't know. Well, I I saw yeah. through that character right away. Right. Anyway, so maybe maybe that's just me. I don't right. know. I might watch too many movies, but well, I think the biggest surprise. I think the biggest thing that people could spoil, which I didn't have much of a like fear about, but I still. I knew we were going to see the film today, and I knew for like a day and a half, um, partially because of everything that had been happening in Colorado and partially just because I have friends who just can't keep their mouth shut. Um, right, and that maybe once, once film, that Rotten Tomatoes thing starts going, right. then everybody's talking well, I, about I think it. a lot of people, even that I had mentioned to casually um, over the weekend, who hadn't seen the film yet either, you know, we were just, they were echoing things that I weren't, I wasn't concerned about, like, does Christopher Nolan kill Batman? Is, is this really the end of Batman? That kind of thing. And that's maybe, I know what you're talking about in reference to maybe the kind of scene through the character might be a 
twist of things. But I think right, a lot of people I, might, right. might be wondering. I'm talking about the you're not person talking that about, surprises Batman. Right. right. You are the, not. You are not talking around like does Batman die? No, no. You know, but that is a lot of what people were wondering. You know, because everybody thinks they they know Christopher Nolan is done with the franchise. Right. And that if if he is, did he kill him? You know, and and there's a way to get to that, but but I think that's what most people might think. Not. Right. No, I no, I'm talking about a certain character yeah. and the the character like surprises Batman with the twistiness or whatever. Yeah. So, um anyway, I, we could theoretically spoil that, but yeah. I I kind of don't even think that would spoil anything anyway. I don't either. But that's just me. I mean, yeah. I I was not at all surprised. I wasn't either. When that happened. Yeah. I mean, you just that whole character comes through. It's going to be obvious once you see it, what we're talking about, maybe. Right. And we've already spoiled it, really, if you're paying sure. any kind of attention. Well, but, even even just fans of... I mean, there are people out there that just go to the films because they love the movies. But the fans of the comics, they, they see this stuff coming a mile away. Right, believe me, probably. they know. And anybody who didn't see it coming a mile away, you know, you're not dumb. You just maybe not are familiar with the comics. Right. So, so d- now, do you want to just jump in with... Uh, did we love it? Did we hate it? Or kind of yeah, or talk about it more generally and then get to oh, let's not tease everybody. Our ratings or anything. I'm so excited to say I loved it. Really? Yeah. Wow. I know you hated it. You kept leaving the theater. I I have to tell you, I was I was pretty disappointed in it. I could I, tell. I, I think <laughs> I think this would actually be. Now I should clarify actually because. <laughs> Just to get people to turn this off, like, right now, <laughs> because I'll piss off everyone right. in the universe. You saw what happened to I'll, Rotten Tomatoes. You're I afraid know. of this, aren't you? You're afraid of the backlash on no, the internet. No, I'm none afraid, but, you know, we can watch the, the little chat room light up, I guess, with people's comments. <laughs> if anybody comments wants to know Mark's sure. home address, I'll be happy to give right. it. Um, but just, I guess, for kind of the background of where I am with this movie, I actually am that rare person who liked Batman Begins more than The Dark Knight. I guess if we do go a little bit backwards and talk around the film for a minute, because we did, oh, oh, maybe the best thing to say is we did extend the running time of the podcast today for a number of different reasons. We knew this was going to be a big, long, epic film. Right. We knew it was the conclusion of a trilogy. And that in part means, of course, we're going to talk about The Dark Knight Rises, but we also have to talk about it as an ending piece to other right. two films. We figured we may have to talk about the others. So. We figured right. if we could talk for an hour about Prometheus and Dark Shadows, we could easily <laughs> do 90 minutes on a film this big with this much you know weight behind it, but also to tie in two movies previously. So there's a lot of stuff that we're going to bounce around about, I, I and, expect. And we were also thinking that if there's a chance, we might talk about the summer because that was right. the, the whole summer thing. Because that was the thing we wanted to talk about uh, for a couple of weeks, maybe. Right. And, I still don't even and, know if we're going to get to it It's kind today, of like, but... no, we'll probably won't. But whatever we do, we will not yeah. go over today, I'm thinking. Because, <laughs> That's an interesting... Because come on. I know. Well, we look, yeah, okay, know. so... But anyway, so what's so interesting... Like, like I said, you I liked Batman Begins. I liked Begins. Batman Begins better. And and right now, grading the three films, your hierarchy is Batman Begins is still your favorite of these three Batmans. It, my hierarchy is actually right in order. Right. I, I like the first one the best, the second one the next best, and this one the least. <laughs> <laughs> it, it works out very that's simply great. for that, me. That's very, it's very easy and to keep in mind. There are that's right. I don't have to check my notes right, right. <laughs> at all. And I think, I think that kind of works out because um, 
You know, I liked the first movie. There are a lot of things. If they, if you say nothing else about Christopher Nolan's Batman movies, right. there, there's a lot of stuff going on in all of them. Yeah. It's not like, you know, here's your plot. There is um, – I like to always say that there is it, – it's a different question to ask what the movie's about Mm-hmm. than it is to ask, like, what's the plot of the movie. Right. And Christopher Nolan is, and especially in these Batman films, but in lots of his other films, too, you know, he's a good guy to go to when you're trying to explain that yeah. th- that statement to people. Perfectly. Because, you know, these movies are not about, you know, what they're about. This I mean, they're not This movie is not about Batman defeating a supervillain while trying to capture Catwoman. You know, this movie's underlying currents, right? This is this is one of the reasons why I really love Christopher Nolan's films, especially these. They have just such a huge undertone and overtone working at the same time. Like, the film really is about economic disasters and terrorism. You know, the things that Christopher Nolan says really, truly scare us the most these days. Right. And what happens when you have these these two forces meeting, it's utter chaos. You know, you have a society that's doing very well under interesting interesting terms and reasons. Um, and again, there are shots at, um, not shots like uh, jabs at a particular political party, but at an ideal, like there's a version of the Patriot Act in this film, the, the Harvey Dent Act. Right, And they've got a thousand prisoners who didn't have due process locked up because they just know they're bad guys. They're the baddest of the bad without being Bane super bad or Joker bad. Right, And and the streets are safe and there's not much crime and the police even joke, like, what are we going to do? We're going we're gonna to start getting jaywalkers next? Yeah. And, and that, that utopia seems very inviting until you realize the sacrifice that's made to get it. It's not all legal. And the film also goes on to to show how weak a strong structure becomes when it's based on lies. And this is interpersonal, like with Bruce and Alfred, and with Commissioner Gordon and his his officers, and also just Batman and, and Commissioner Gordon. But it, it's an undercurrent that runs through everything, and he's got all these heavy things working. And if all you're seeing is Batman and Batarangs and Batmobiles, you're not seeing the bigger picture, pun right. intended. That well, that would be actually tough in this movie because there aren't really Batarangs or yeah, I saw a couple that, Batarangs. That was a but they weren't there were no Batarangs. There were right. like these little, little weird darts. bat darts that who knows where they were even <laughs> coming from. It. And it was like shaped like a bat but with like one really long wing, right. like the dart part or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But but anyway, I, but I have to say that is even though this would be you know, maybe kind of a minor thing or whatever, yeah. but um, I think, you know, maybe it kind of leads to more of what my problem is, but I actually have kind of a problem with the fact that there were no cool toys. I mean, it's Batman. Well, and he's got the, bat, the, it, the big it's, flying it's bat Batman. Machine. Yeah, he's got things he drives around in. But but that's oh, it. There's no that. there's no wonder, well, there's no wonderful toys. And not yeah. only that, not only are there no wonderful toys, but there are two different times where he gets involved with Bane, mm-hmm. and nothing happens but people punching each other. Right. I mean, is that why have a utility belt? You're in a fight <laughs> with someone you can't beat up, and you've got nothing he you can tried, do. He tried you using can't. it, and it didn't work. He tried using a little thing that makes sparkles go off that we have no idea what it was or why it was supposed <laughs> Mark, to work. Mark, or, have you believe he lit a sparkle? Or, or why it was supposed to be interesting. <laughs> there was a little thing that came up, and it went like, <laughs> yeah. and, and Bane goes, wow, that's 
like yeah. neat. Right. And, and but what was it supposed to do? What was the theory of that thing? I have no idea. It's just some weird like I'm going to distract him for a second with some like pops going off. Yeah. And he doesn't have anything better than that. I mean, he can't. You know, well, you really, can only go on so long and be Batman. I mean, yeah. for me, you know, not like that. This is like the thing that makes the movie bad right. and and not that I thought the movie was horrible anyway but you know Batman's going on and on and on and on with his fist fight with Bane mm-hmm. and you know he didn't have to be Batman to like pull out a gun and shoot him or Batman doesn't use guns or or do something he he's said got, that even in the movie he's he, got a jillion different yeah. things on his utility belt we would we would have to think well, that again. he could do something other than the fact that it if you're Batman and you have nothing else right. other than getting in a fist fight with people and you're in kind of a suit so you're more right. protected maybe, then you're not Batman. That's not Batman. I don't know. I think I think you might be thinking more of the Tim Burton, Joel Schumacher Batman who had a bunch of stuff whenever he needed it. Like the Christopher Nolan Batman had the bat signal which brought all the bats um, to help camouflage him and escape him. And he's had a couple little things, but he's never really had like this comic book utility belt that exists in the comics where if he needs like a shark repellent, it's right there. Like, and it's always no, rated. But, you know, he, but he's had play. He's had plenty of I, stuff. I and, think, and whether, he, whether he has in other Christopher Nolan movies or not is not. An well, escape. I mean, he's, he's set. I mean, well, no, he's set up. It's and not like, it, it's not like, things, it's so. not like this was wrong in the first two movies. And so now it's not I, wrong now. I understand. I'm I just, just saying that. There were no other scenes in the other two movies where he was in humongous fights that went on forever with people he could not beat up, and he didn't do anything about it. And he just sat there getting beat up, going, "Well, I have nothing else. I guess, I guess I'm just going to get beat up." I mean, well, he did. That, he did get beat up a that, lot. Like that, he uh, like, that that was goofy. Wow. I I like the movie because it didn't have a bunch of. Batman is in a corner, and what does he need now? He needs shark repellent. Oh, it's right there on his utility belt. I like the fact that it was more about character, more about the resolution of these characters that have been going on for a few years in these different stories. And again, you know, there's a, there's a real interesting dichotomy between and parallel between Bane and Batman. You know, just looking aesthetically at them, you know, Batman, Batman is almost like, and I understand in some ways why Christopher Nolan went for Bane now. You know, the like what I'm trying to describe, the parallels, um, they were both taught from the League of Shadows. And and I'm going to digress for just a second. It's amazing that you're not – amazing is too strong a word. I'm a little surprised that you're not more liking this film, having liked Batman Begins so much. Because really, this doesn't pay too much attention to the second film. A lot of its ties are with the first film. Yeah, that's true. There was some – you know, like the Harvey Dent act, and they bring him up that Harvey Dent has died. That's true. He's a big murder, but there's a lot. There's of this a lot that of it. Doesn't, there's it, a lot of it that does, but only like sort of in the sense of going. We have to explain that we're here now after the second movie, well, but I think it's they not really yeah, as focused on. It was interesting that he decided to go again with the League of Shadows storyline. You know, in the Ra's al Ghul stuff, which, which is, I, I guess, back to my starting point, which is. 
you know, they were both trained in the League of Shadows, and there's a polarity there where they're both like, you know, if you're educated at the same spot, you're kind of like getting the same education. Sure. So there's really not many tricks there. It's just showing what you've learned. Right. And that's kind of how, I mean, I understand the fist fight stuff. I, I can appreciate it. I don't necessarily think he should have pulled out smoke pellets and then, you know, vanished with something off his utility belt because that's not what he was there for. But it's it's interesting to see all well, the no, parallels because then, working. He w- then he wouldn't get captured, right. and that's and what then we that need to happen, happen next. But, but it could have happened better. Like, he could have tried to do a little bit more than a little poppy thing and, like, still gotten captured. He could have. Well, the poppy thing was more like this. Something. It, he tried. He tried to throw the whole place into darkness because his whole life, one of the things that he's been effective has been a creature of the dark. And Bane dismisses it right then. He says, "Oh, you, you call upon the darkness. You think this is your ally? You know, I lived in darkness. You know." And he he basically shows that what Batman has is not going to be effective against someone who has the same education as him. Right. I don't know. I just unless I you see, have a gun. But anyway. <laughs> I, well, okay, so going back to I Like Batman Begins More and trying to piece something together for that. When I saw Batman Begins, the reason I liked Batman Begins so much is because, to me, that movie was like um, somebody who loved Batman mm-hmm. and wanted to try to really explain Batman in a movie. Right. And at the same time, kind of wanted to give an impression of why comic books work in a movie. And, like, you know, obviously the people who are super huge fans of Batman are going to go see it. Right. And even people who are, you know, like, well, I like action and I know who Batman is and I'll go see it. Right. And those people, it was like they could see Batman Begins and go – you know, maybe there's something like to these comic books. Right. Like maybe they're maybe they actually have like interesting, you know, sort of quote unquote literary work mm-hmm. things happening that they're doing. And that movie like nailed that for me. Yeah. It was um, you know, it had the fun and exciting part, but it had like its, you know, deeper stories, but what it was trying to do was really tied to explaining Batman and making sense out of Batman. Yeah. And when it wasn't specifically about Batman, it was like, look, these are the sorts of things that happen in comic books, and that's why people love them. Right. And the second movie, which I didn't, you know, not like or anything. Yeah, no, you're not saying you hate it. I just like the first one better. Right. The first one felt, especially at a lot of times, to me, like, okay, so I have to work with Batman, but I want to do all this stuff, and I'm just going to make that happen in Batman. I'm not saying that this is like what Batman would necessarily exactly really be like or who he really is, but I have all this stuff I want to say, and I'm going to say it in my Batman movie. That's just how a lot of it felt to me. Not yeah. not like all of it. Not like it destroyed it or anything like that. There, it just was a little bit kind of heavy-handed in what you were trying to make happen with it. Yeah. In this movie, I almost felt like he didn't really want to make a Batman movie. He wanted to make a movie about what this movie's about. Right. And he went, well, I'll make it. I'll, I'll put Batman in it. I'll, I'll plug Batman plug into into the movie that I want to make. And it didn't. It didn't have to be a Batman movie. Could have just made up a new ser- superhero, sort of. It, and 
There were so many weird things mm. happening in it just because here's the statement I want to make. And especially like things like Bruce Wayne goes broke. I don't know. I, maybe I'm right. no, <laughs> semi-spoiling the movie we'll be, or whatever. There'll be a little bit of things that go on here. But, but that didn't need to happen really for for any special reason except that, you know, now – we have to do something with our fusion reactor or whatever. Yeah. And and it, it sort of makes this whole story come together. But there was so much like of this movie that it was like, this is this thing that I want to say. And if the fact that it's a Batman movie like really works, well, whatever. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. But I'll say all these things that I want to say. And especially to the point that, you know, maybe this is a, a good place because this I think it kind of all wraps together for me. The question that we got in the email was it was from Jim. So Jim, you know who you are and I'm not <laughs> going to explain I'm not going to say anything more about who it was but it was a person named Jim and his question was does the character of Bane actually work I guess as it comes out in the movie with the character that exists in the comics. Is it right. the same character that we're really seeing or, you know, what, what is, I guess, maybe the level of connection to the character that exists in the comics. And I feel like very little actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bane is, uh, got the mask on apparently because it gives him painkilling drugs in the movie. Yeah. Right. Which is not at all related to Bane in the comics. I mean, yeah, Bane in the comics is taking a, a drug. I mean, there's a very, very loose thing. He's taking a drug called Venom, right. and it's addictive, but it's, you know, but it, but it, it and, makes you huge. Right. And, and you know, in every comic, not that this is necessarily like a killer for me, because I'm not that much of a comic book nut, but right. in every comic you see, you know, Bane, is, especially, I guess, in the first many, many years. Appearances and stuff. Appearances, yeah. yeah. You know, he's like a giant. Yeah. I mean, he's like five or six times the size of Batman. Yeah. He's like a gigantic person. He's not like just a guy who works out a lot. He's on <laughs> right. the, Batman is a guy who works out a lot. He's on the Venom drug right. and, you know, the whole thing. And so, you know, that is kind of not at all. We just uh, – I need an excuse for him to have the mask on that Bane has on. So right. I'm going to, you know, throw this out that he's – for whatever reason, whatever happened to him, he's he, in, like, constant pain. He would, right. like, spend his life in constant pain and, like, excruciating pain. Right. Except that this mask constantly gives him drugs. Right. So that's odd, yeah. I think. Anyway. Um, and so there is no there is no venomness. That, right. There's no venom that, that's mentioned. There's no, the there's no superhuman strengthness right. at all. There's just, I guess, whether or not, you know, he's just he's just a really buff guy with a mask on. He's not. There's nothing that gives him any extra power. You know what I'm saying? Well, there's, there's in that regard, yeah. But in the same way that that Bruce was just a man, uh, a broken, wandering, like kind of tortured guy before he fell in with the League of Shadows. Right. The League of Shadows, you know, basically takes a person and pushes them to their ultimate limits and breaks them and then makes them stronger than they ever were before. You are supposed to, if you subscribe to that, you know, that idea that ninjas and samurais are just men. They're just highly, exceptionally super trained, 
you know they don't they can't lift cars over their heads easily but they can they can do what most men cannot and that's walk through a crowd of people and just disarm everybody and disable everyone and still be like not breaking a sweat that's right, basically saying, what like, Bane has is right but i'm saying like in differences from you know the comic i right. mean he has comic, he has superhuman power yeah. in the comic and also the you know the the backstory especially when we get far enough into it yeah doesn't really have anything to do with it eventually he's he's from that prison mm-hmm. but how he got there and the whole story of that thing is like we've completely twisted that around right. into making it fit into our mold because we want to talk about the Brazil Ghoul story right. again. Right. So <clears throat> and also the and so that leads into the bane that we have in the comics has mm-hmm. his own motivation, his own why he's, you know, against Batman, why he goes after Batman. Yeah. And how he kind of got to be in a kind of a position to, you know, be a force against Batman and, mm-hmm. and why he would be targeting Batman. But he's he's not involved in any sort of scenario that's like take over Gotham and hold the whole city hostage and all yeah. all that kind of stuff. And then what is especially weird for me, and we were talking about this when we were in the theater, is that eventually Bane becomes not exactly a good guy, but like a goodish in the comic guy, right? In the comics, like right. he, you know, he works with Batman, and then he's kind of against Batman again later, and then he comes back to kind of working with him again, and it's yeah. all this complicated thing. He, and actually, he he's the person who destroys Batman and right. and forces there to be a new Batman, a new Batman. But um, so it's like it's a very loosely related at all to Bane. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like we looked at the Bane story and said, "I like that prison thing." <laughs> and uh, I think it's I, even easier. Than that. I like I think, that pit prison. I think yeah. honestly, you know, there's some talk of um, they've they've already admitted that they loved the parallel between A Tale of Two Cities, and that's oddly not giving anything away. There's a there's a quote one of the characters reads from at the end of the movie that's from A Tale right. of Two Cities. Nolan and his brother said that they actually really enjoyed the the basis of, you know, the, the plot structure um, and the, the themes and the motifs that A Tale of Two Cities brings about. Um, it's not it's not wholly, you know, hard to imagine that it, it wasn't even that they liked the prison thing. I bet what they really liked in the beginning was the parallel. Like what I was saying earlier, they're basically mirror images of each other. Batman has a cowl and a cape and everything is concealed except his mouth. Bane wears a mask where everything is concealed you know, his mouth is covered. Everything else is open. Right. Like, they are mirror images of each other. They were taught in the same place by the same people to do the same thing. They have flip appearances of each other. And I think, actually, probably from a starting point, they looked at that, if anything, and was and were just like, wow, this is really the opposite of Batman in a lot of ways. Poverty versus privilege. Right. Mask open versus closed mouth. Like, right. there's so many dichotomies there to play against. I think that's probably where it all started. Well, but then if you're not actually going to have Bane be Bane, then you know. Well, we have you know find look, something else. I just I think it's weird. there's a difference. I don't hold, and we've flip flopped on this over the past with other movies and other um, source materials. Like I don't necessarily think 
it, look, the entire catalog of events that happen to comic book characters because they have to come out monthly and they have um, a long storied franchise of appearing in other other issues, not just Batman and Bane. Bane appears in other things. It reads like a soap opera. It reads like you're trying to, you know, discern who married who before what demon possessed who on Days of Our Lives. Like Bane, at one point, just just to quickly digress, you're right. Bane worked with Batman at one point, and that's because he thought um, Batman's father was his father, and they were trying to work together until they could get the DNA test right. I mean, this sounds so bizarre, right. but that was one of the storylines. Right. I mean, so okay, look, I can see why. Because that doesn't appeal to me. Like, that's great in a comic if I'm a kid or even if I'm just an adult and I'm really into Bane. And I never really was. Um, that might be really interesting to you. If I'm Christopher Nolan and I want to make a movie, I don't really care about a paternity test between Bane. I'm, no, I'm not it's, saying you were saying that. that but what I'm that saying is interesting. But what I think it's is not what, interesting. Uh, what, I, what I think is interesting is, or what is interesting in the sense that uh, I find it worthy of note in not being something I like about the movie. Yeah. Is if you're going to have the character and he's and he's not really going to be that character. Yeah. Then why not have another character? Then why have that character? And the yeah. way Bane comes across in the movie is he's just this guy that we wanted to have mm-hmm. and we're going to stick a mask on him and call him Bane. Yeah. Because he's not Bane. I mean, he's he right. he, he doesn't have he doesn't have the thing that made him uh, a superpower in the first place. Right. And, you know, he doesn't have – there's no reason that he exists in the movie that is related to where Bane came from or why he ever showed up in the comics, Yeah, which was his trying to get rid of Batman, not trying to destroy the entire city of Gotham. Right. And Batman happens to sort of be in the way. Right. I mean, what he what he has is like where Bane came from in a certain vague sense mm-hmm. that is also radically changed from from his own story. Yep. And he's got a mask on his face like Bane wore. Right. That's all he's got that makes him Bane. And you know, we call him Bane. I just think that is a little much. If you're yeah. gonna if you're gonna have a character that the only reason you can really describe him as Bane is that we stuck Bane's mask on him and we call him Bane. Then why have Bane? I mean, it, that's not who yeah. the, that's not who the character is. I, mean, I don't know. We, I I just I think we disagree on this, and it's not okay, not that it's know. necessarily the most important no, thing no, about no, the movie true. anyway. But it's but even I, I mean, just think even, it's, I just think it's a weird even decision. in the same way that like the Avengers have this. I mean, you can go through comics and see the, you know, see the real tie-ins to where they came from for all these creatures. They didn't use, you know, typical um, villains in the Avengers. They used someone else that was like an offshoot of the Scree and the Krulls. And, you know, there was all these different things that were happening in the Avengers. But the movie really wasn't about the alien invasion. It was a foil to get them to work together. Right. The movie was about the characters and bringing all these, you know, bringing all these toy, toy tie-ins together. In some regard, I still feel like, you know, Batman really isn't even about, you know, keeping Bane like he was in the comic because there's so many other big things going on. Well, no, it's not like you know, it's not about so, that and no, it's not the most what I'm important saying is for thing. me, I, just think I don't have a I don't have strange the, thing. I don't have the bother that you do with it because I just don't see it that way. That and that's why I'm trying to say like it's it's not even about Bane. And in some way that's partially your argument, which is if it wasn't about Bane, it could have been anybody else. Right. I, yeah. I just, but I don't have a problem with it being Bane. I, I just think it's a 
strange decision to make yeah. because, and you know, the other thing that I, part of the reason that I think it's especially strange is because, you know, why not have him on the venom? I thought of that too. When what about what would through, be wrong with that? I actually and, wondered if there and was so like, that seems like, like a, that's a little, I thought there might even be like a Bane, not a utility belt, but well, a moment where Bane well, like really he, was he would his, show his up. ass kicked and then was like, and then wow, he would shoot really himself up with the venom or something like that. I was that. waiting right. for something like right. that actually. And when it didn't come, there were so many other things going on. I didn't really remember that I was forgetting it. If right. that makes any sense, right. but I just moved on. Right. But I was waiting for that too. I so, thought, um, so okay, I don't know. I have a problem with Bane, and you don't. And it does it's <laughs> yeah. it, it for I think for neither of us is is it really like you know the no. make or break no, thing really about wasn't. this movie yeah. or anything. Um, a lot of the parts that drag me down on the movie, I think, are. Uh, you know, maybe kind of weird things, but there's something to, and like, you know, we talked about this. It's funny because, you know, I could have practically given you my review like a month ago when we were just talking about the movie beforehand. Yeah. Because um, there are a couple of different things that are closely related that come through uh, in this movie. And especially because we're trying to kind of focus on basically like terrorist threat. Yeah. And, um, this this really ultimately serious threat, I guess. You know, like in the in the earlier Batman movies, even when it was the Joker, right? And the Joker almost, you know, kind of moves along, sort of getting to this point, maybe. But when we're in Batman Begins, the threat Batman has to deal with is is not quite that the world is going to end or, you know, it's, there's, there's obviously, there's gotta be something going on more than, you know, some guy robbed a liquor store. Right. (laughs) Right. Um, but, and there's a, there's a threat that's going to affect a lot of people. Right. But it's not like Batman shows up or, you know, the whole world ends. And even in the second movie with the Joker, the Joker's not exactly after destroying the whole world. It's more like he's after just kind of showing you destroying your world. But it's not actually like Batman is stopping the nuclear bomb from going off. I right. mean, it's it's a it's a big, you know, horrendous Batman worthy worthy problem going on. And one of the problems I have with a lot of comic book movies, anything that's related to comic books, right. is that every time there's a movie, there is a you know the world's going to end, right? Basically, always. I mean it's it's the problem with James it, Bond it, movies. It's it's know. the world is going to end yeah. or nothing, and and that is one of the things I really liked, at, at least more, a little bit more about Batman Begins, mm-hmm. is that that's really more like comic books. You know, if you have all Batman comics put together, you know it's just not always every time you see him about the whole world's going to end. It's, you know, the Joker is doing whatever the Joker's doing. The penguin is trying to take over certain parts of things and there's some bad thing that's going to happen. Right. But the bad thing that's going to happen is not that, you know, he's going to blow up the planet. Right. Right. And so that kind of, you know, that kind of turns me off a little bit when, when the thing is that, Especially when when yeah. the whole city is like held hostage because of this nuclear bomb or whatever. Right. But the other thing that 
I just kind of have a problem with, and this is not really like a make it or break it thing. It just doesn't make it that fun for me. Yeah. Is that, I mean, obviously the problem in, in this scenario is the nuclear bomb. Mm-hmm. And and we're trying to talk about terrorism, kind of. We're trying yeah. to, you know, we're we're obviously alluding to terrorism, and you know, to a certain extent, like kind of the ninety nine percent taking over. It, it, yeah, even it, in, there in, is a, in, in there its is, own twist. Well, there isn't a, you know, Gotham is basically New York City, right? You know, and there is a literal. I want you to keep going, but there is a literal Occupy Wall Street in this film, right? Right. Like, there is a definite Occupy Wall Street moment, right? So, so we're we're kind of mixing yeah. our fears right. or or whatever. Um, so obviously terrorism's there, and you know, one of the things of terrorism is at least as far as you know we see it a lot of the time right. is like the suicide bombers right. and the you know the the like the twin towers you take the you take the plane and pilot it to your own destruction too right when there's like a, a the villain and, and this is like I Ra's al Ghul was trying to destroy Gotham right. also but he wasn't blowing himself up with it Right. When there's like a supervillain in a in a comic book story whose plan is to die themselves right. in the thing they're doing, I'm just not that interested. That's just you're crazy. Right. That's not like any kind of even the Joker had way more interesting motivation about what he was doing mm-hmm. and why he was doing it than well I'm just going to kill everybody and I've decided that Gotham is beyond saving right. and I'm going to blow myself up with it. That's just not an interesting character I just didn't development believe. point to I just me. Didn't, yeah, I, didn't I, believe, I didn't believe Bane was going to stay with it. He he said it, just like he said that he gave the detonator to somebody. Right. And he did, you right. know, but, but Batman convinces everyone and everyone else is around. They're like, he's not just going to give this to somebody else. Right. And he's well, going but, to have control. And I don't believe for a moment that Bane was going to stay in Gotham while it destroyed itself. He was going to move on to the next place. Well, and the whole thing about that whole story, I guess, was, you know, when he's when he's got Batman in the in in the pit prison or whatever, yeah. and he you know, he says, I'm gonna make you watch it and I'm gonna I'm gonna make them have this false hope right. that there's they're gonna get out of it. Right. And so the theory, I guess, is torturing Batman apparently like for months of watching this T V yeah. in this prison of all the stuff that's going to happen that's only going to happen because I give the people some hope that it's going to end. Right. Which somehow is tied into the fact that I gave the detonator to some random person or something. Right. But, like, if he had showed up with the bomb that one day and said, five months from now, you're all going to die. Right. Then that would not be torturous to right. Batman because people would do different things, right? Right. The the following five months would see all the of the civilians of Gotham doing something very different right. than when they think they're getting out of it at at some point, yeah. or or at least they think there's a chance that they're getting out of it at some point. And they, you know, unbeknownst to them, it's going off in a certain number of days, no matter what happens. Yeah, they don't know, right? They think they're just and so and so they think you know someone's going to help us. The government's right. going to do something, or you know yada yada. And if the people don't set it off, then it won't go off. Right. And it's kind of like the you get to a point very near the end where I guess there's there's like the one bridge they didn't blow in the first place. Right. And which is like why they didn't blow that one. I'm I'm not absolutely sure of either. But 
that there's the one bridge, and so the army comes and is blocking people from going off the bridge because they say if anyone crosses this bridge, right. you know, then then we blow it. And so we have um, towards the end people trying to get across the bridge, and the cops saying we will shoot you if you try to cross right. the bridge, which is like sort of the ultimate, you know, switcheroo, I right. guess, right. on on morality or whatever, because yeah. the cop will will shoot the other cop even right. in order to prevent the bomb from going off. But um, so you have all the, all the people in Gotham and they're doing whatever it is that they're doing. You have to feel that they're doing exactly what Bane wanted them to do because that's, what's going right. to be torturous to Batman watching back in his cell. In, yeah. And part of that is it, there are, there are shades and echoes of the previous two films in this one. Um, you know, the League of Shadows, their whole goal was to uh, rip down a civilization that had gotten too far advanced and forgotten itself and its identities and its principles. Right. And then to rebuild it again. And Ra's al Ghul says in the first film, you know, this is not the first time we've done this and it won't be the last. We've, and he can list a laundry list of places that have gone through this revolutionary and violent change. There, there's certainly that which is in this third film. But also, you know, there's the there's the lingering effects of uh, morality and choices, and you know, what is what is too far? Where is the line that the Joker was trying to instigate? You know, and show in the second film, there, there's just there's like this weird storm of all of these things happening all around um, Batman, who's you know been out of action for so long. That um, I thought we had a call for a second. I did too. That would have been. There did we like really a, have a call? No, I don't think so. There was like a flash or something. That's I what think caught it, my I eye. think it might have been like somebody log, if, logging out of the chat or anything like. If you did like call, that. call back. I totally forgot what I was saying. I got really excited about the call. I'm like this is going to be great. We're going to hear <laughs> from morality and Ra's al Ghul, morality, something like that. Ghul. I don't know. No, no, no. Um, and yeah, see that like that really gets lost for me in the in the first movie you kind of can almost see where they're coming from. You know, there, there's all, there's, there's a method to their madness yeah. and there's, there's actually a, a somewhat tenable philosophy going on behind what they do. And it's like what they do, you want to go, okay, you know, your response to what your philosophy is, is wrong. Yeah. But maybe the philosophy is not so wrong. Like, like maybe, there's something to the idea that, you know, it's just gone too far. You know, like the famous yeah. quote about, um, uh, I can't remember now, it's like technology or the future. or There's a quote about like, um, you know, technology was a good idea at one point, but it's gone too far or something like that. Something like that. But, it, you know, maybe there is something going on to a philosophy like that that says, you know, look, everything has progressed so far, so fast that it's like really people have gotten lost in the shuffle yeah. and and civilization itself has gotten to a point where it has grown too quickly there's nothing wrong with be, with civilization being where it is mm -hmm. and even in the first movie you you can kind of get that it's like there there isn't really necessarily something wrong with civilization getting where it is right now it's just gotten there wrong and too quickly right. and and there's a philosophy that you can kind of deal with and understand and, you know, obviously where we go with the motivation we have is wrong 
but at least there's something it's not like just clearly everyone's insane right and now it's the same people but now that uh Ra's al Ghul has been killed and you know now the League of Shadows which Bane was supposedly excommunicated from and right. that's how we you know Batman kind of gets uh gets his information about Bane is kind of misleading information or whatever but now we have the League of Shadows coming back again and now the response is not like that we're sort of the watchmen of civil like the secret hidden you know watchmen of civilization yeah now it's just we're going to kill everyone and ourselves included and yeah, and th- and then what? What is? I mean, what is? Well, I think what do you that's get where, out of that? Again, that's where Bane Bane had no plan to stay there. You know, he was going to go and and if you believe that that's what the League of Shadows did, you know, and if you know the comics, you know that's not all Ra's al Ghul did. But right. um, but what was his plan? How was he getting out? I mean, the the way that the the way that the plan comes together at the end is kind of close to, you would think, what the plan was supposed to be. I mean, yeah. it, you know, Batman may have kind of tripped up a few things, but he didn't get there till the zero hour for sure. Yeah. And and so what, you know, I don't I mean, where was he going? And plus, you know, he was, he had his own actual motivations, he which had, are which are very and he had other which resources. are very strange. The beginning of the film starts off with an incredibly cool scene, and I one of the things I just love about Christopher Nolan is that he stays away from. It's funny to try to say this after seeing Inception, but he stays away from trying to do special effects. Like that plane scene was, you know, not really really done that way, but it was is done that way. But it was close, it, it yeah, wasn't it like wasn't a lot like of it wasn't like three guys in a green right. room. It was it like a lot of like they tried that re, they pulled off this really crazy stunt and, um, you know, clearly from the beginning of the film you see that if if Bane has access to a couple, you know, planes and a bunch of army guys that can do the things that they're about to do, he probably had. A helicopter somewhere to fly him off Gotham, you know, or well, he was going to take something. Well, except somewhere. that he, I mean, except that he doesn't really have it, and you know, right, we I get, know we get like dangerously close right. into you know telling everything that's going to happen, right. but but he didn't really have it, and that's a, another problem that I had. And you know, we were we were saying at the beginning that um, I at least did read some reviews, right? And if you are not absolutely up on all of the movie internet stuff. Um, you, you know, maybe you don't know that there was this whole Rotten Tomatoes thing. Some people listening might not know about that. That Rotten Tomatoes actually cut off the comments for The Dark Knight on right. reviews because there was this horrible backlash that some reviews were getting. Which, and what I thought was the most interesting about it is that they were not necessarily the most negative reviews yeah. anyway. Yeah. But people were just going bonkers, and Rotten Tomatoes couldn't deal with all of the all of the messages that were coming through and finally right. they just said forget it we're going to shut off the comments. So I did actually read some of those reviews. Yeah. And a couple of them, some of the things I really find myself kind of agreeing with and and one of them and you know I don't remember whose review this was going to be right. but one of them was that as you are going through the movie and Bane is an interesting character even as he comes through in this movie, whether I like the fact that he doesn't match up very well with the comic character, comic book character or not, he's, 
he still does kind of come through in a somewhat interesting way, especially when we get far enough that we start knowing things about, you know, growing up in the pit. Right. And then there are at least some interesting things to say about the whole dark and light thing and stuff. There are parts of the movie that I feel just like in the dark night, we are being a little bit heavy handed with the fact that I want to say these things and I'm going to make this thing happen so that I can say those things. Yeah. And that got a little awkward in parts for me. Yeah. Anyway, but but Bane is kind of an interesting character. The thing that was starting to really bother me about this movie, as the farther we got through this two-hour and 44-minute movie, <laughs> which is really long, and I think it's so funny that we've talked so often right. in the recent you know shows about if only we could trim like a half hour off this movie, or right. 20, and none of those were even close to this long. Well, I guess like two hours and 20 minutes yeah, there, there, there was one. But, but, yeah. but this is two hours and 44 or 45 minutes or whatever. And we get so far into this movie without having like really any idea why Bane is doing what he's doing. And at some point that really started bothering me. I'm like, I'm watching this guy for no reason. And I don't huh. know why I'm watching that he's doing this. It's like, so this is what he's doing, and that's why I'm watching it. Except that you, you don't really get, you don't really get what's going on, and why he clearly is making some grand play for Gotham itself. Yeah. At, at like as a whole, we, you know, you go into the sewer and see that he's obviously got massive things in the works. Right. Plus, it's it's kind of strange because you have seen the trailers. You know he blows everything up, at, right, and <laughs> right. and takes over the whole city. And you have to watch the movie for a really long time for him to get there. And even knowing that that's coming, you don't really get anything about why he's doing it. And it's just kind of harder to, I guess, well, care what's going on when it's you know it's kind of like a terrorism thing. It, it it's sort of, of it, like part of it. And I agree that that's part it, of it. It's like, sort of like it's just that it's just that he's insane. Right. And so that's why he's doing it. And that's not that interesting. And what I think is really interesting about the fact that I don't think that's interesting <laughs> is that the Joker kind of is clearly just insane, except that he's not. We still explain right. him and we still talk about why he's doing things and where he expects to get, which actually is nowhere. Right. And, you know, we see what's we see the gears turning in his head even if we think ultimately we go well then he's just insane right. or or whatever but at least we're kind of you know walking along with him and and getting inside of him a little bit right. and one of the coolest things about the dark knight is um we were talking about this before and you know part of your whole point about loving the dark knight was this whole thing where uh you've got batman just not sure how to deal with someone when you can't figure out what they want right. or or why they're doing it right but even though that is where batman gets kind of you know stymied with the joker but it's not like we don't know where he's going, yeah. what he's trying to do, or why he's doing it, even if ultimately there isn't kind of a normal motivation, like he doesn't want the money, the he doesn't want typical, the he doesn't want yeah. the power, he doesn't you know want whatever. Right. But but we at least get some insights into what's going on with him, and then that's why the Dark Knight 
you know, kind of goes, well, man, I, I'm not sure what to do because it's just so outside of my world, right? right? And But in this one, it's like we kind of get nothing. We watch him do the stuff that he's doing, but we don't we don't get anything with him, I, think, I felt like. I think there's a couple things going on with Bane anyway. Um, without spoiling something at the end, you do get, after the fact, um, justification for what he's doing and why. Right. You you find out that his one of his goals, even though when we're introduced to Bane as just being a mercenary, um, and maybe he's on a collision course with Batman because this is where this mercenary's I guess payments we, are I guess coming. We from. did kind of it, we did kind of get like the FBI or the CIA or whatever yeah. talking about that he had done certain he's mercenary been other things, things right. right? He's been a terrorist. It's kind not of yeah, character It's not like he just things. showed up in the world. Right. He today. didn't just pop right. out. But but by the end of the film, when his true associations to other characters are revealed, and they're um, is his motivation for all of his acts. Right. And I'm not going to spoil it because it's not that big a deal, but it's still kind of a nice reveal that only then do you realize why you've been watching Bane for two hours and ten minutes. You know, right. this is this is where I just, again, I, I see the film a little differently. I feel like it, it's interesting because he's not the Bane of the comic books, not wholly. Um, but by the end of the film, what you're discussing and what you're saying you didn't really get, I got. I find that you, absolutely you do. he's doing he's doing all of the things he's done for two hours because of this and this person, and as a result of that person's desire to continue Ra's al Ghul's legacy and desires, that's what he's been doing. But also Bane exists for a lot of the film until you get to that point to be a foil for terrorism. He is a force that is unstoppable, already prepared when we were not, exploiting the weaknesses of a society that we keep turning our heads around, you know, to look the other way because it's been built on lies that we either perpetuate or just facilitate. Right. And he's a foil for terrorism when in our in our um I guess in our homestead we show great weakness and he suddenly swoops in like the scene at the football stadium which has been shown in the trailers too but not as right. much you see there. He he destroys the football stadium and has guards come out to hold people at bay while he brings out someone and takes over the umpire's, uh, the referee's headset to broadcast everyone. And this is a perfect moment of terrorism where you, everyone in the stadium has no clue who this person is, but this person identifies that they are now prisoners. And if they don't act a certain way, everything is destroyed, that he's going to change life as they know it fundamentally and immediately starting right now. And that's that's one of the things that I think exists and works well for Bane until you realize in the end what he's doing. He's he's an absolute foil for the danger we don't see, but we've allowed to come in because we're too lazy to recognize it anyway. Right. So and, I mean that's my take on Bane. And, and I I kind of that's why I don't I, have a problem. I agree with, with you at the at the end we we get the explanation, but as we're watching it all coming up to that point, we don't get anything except i guess we do get this thing that he kind of represents terrorist activity in like general right but i kind of feel like that's more of a negative for me like christopher nolan wants to talk about terrorism and so he goes here's all these things i want to say about terrorism now i'm going to like shove it in here and make it work and pretend that it's a story yeah and that's you know that just doesn't work for me. You still can't have a character that it isn't in himself kind of 
explained or, uh, um, you know, I don't know. You don't know, like I said, you don't know where he's supposed to fit into anything or why he's going to do anything. It's just that this is what I want him to do because this is what it will represent. And I don't feel like that's good storytelling. I I have this character that I'm going to make do these things. Why is he doing these things? Because that's the subtext I want to deliver. And I I don't feel like that's, you know, that's not good storytelling. And while I'm watching it, I don't like it. But the other point about that, too, is I, I agree that we get the explanation at the end. But I'm not sure the explanation at the end makes sense. And unless it makes sense because here's an insane person and this is this is why they did the insane things they did yeah. and it's an insane reason and then that's supposed to you know make things better for me. I don't really want stories about insane people. Well, this that, is this that, is that this don't is make very, any sense. <laughs> uh, believe me, I'm not arguing with you. I'm just I'm interested now. I'm very curious because this is all stuff that is at its core about the movie you love the best. All of these things are tied into the very genesis of Batman Begins. The very the very core of the story is about what happens in that film. And if you like that film more than any of the others, all of Bane's motivation and all of the other characters' motivations who are in line with Bane, it all ties back to Batman Begins. Like I'm not trying to give you a gotcha moment or anything. I'm just saying it's interesting to hear you not like the continuation of what you seemed to like so much about the first film when it all it is is just a continuation in this third film in many ways. The, but the motivations no, I of, of... I didn't the, like any insane people in the first movie. I don't know what you mean. Well, like, even when what you were saying, you know, you don't like... Um, what I heard you say earlier was that you're not a big fan of when a villain has to meet a world-ending disaster. You know, if you fail, the whole world is over. Yeah. I, and again... In, not not that they can never do that. Well, no, I understand, but every I, time... I don't even like... I don't even, you know, want to say, you know, don't make any more comic book movies like that. <laughs> right. I'm just saying, like, every single one is... It's always the world is in danger. Right. You're the only one that can help. We need you... You know, I get it. It's interesting. The same kind of danger that represents the bomb in this film was the same danger that Ra's al Ghul was trying to impart in the first film. He was trying to bring in that gas into and under Wayne Tower because it would spread out throughout the entire city. And Gotham isn't, you know, Podunk, USA. No offense to the Podunks out there. It, it's a mega metropolis. It is not metropolis, but it is New York City. Right. You know, and in effect, what the danger in. The first film is basically the same danger in the second film. This is not a nuclear bomb that will destroy the eastern seaboard. They talk about it's not a massive bomb. It's big enough to destroy, like I think they even say in there, a six-mile like radius. Six-mile radius, yeah. And i got to tell you, six miles in a metropolis is not a lot. I mean, it is a lot. I'm not belittling you know, that number of people. But it's interesting to me that... It's interesting to hear your reasons for it, and I understand them, but the first film and the third film, as far as their potential body counts, are about the same. The second film, which doesn't have the similarities in that regard, you could argue in the end, ultimately, it's one and one. It's Batman and Joker, but it's really just two boats of people that represent all of these other societal things that is going on. And I'm not going to focus on the motif of it, but more about the first film really is about poisoning a whole city the third film is about exploding in a big city you love the first one but you don't like the third one as much and the ties for the story in the third movie are a direct relation to the first one 
So well, that's why I'm I'm a little surprised you don't enjoy it more. Well, the reason so the reason I, with the one you like the most. The reason I do like Does that make sense? The real the reason I do like the first one and don't like the third one are not really tied to that all of Gotham might be destroyed. I mean, uh I don't I don't love the fact that the first one all of Gotham might be destroyed. That's not like why I like the movie the best, and it's not really a huge detraction from this movie either. It's just one of those, you know, little things. I, I just don't, I just don't love the fact, whether I like this movie or not, that every single time a comic book movie comes right. out, it has to be the whole world. Right. But I don't think that really plays any significant role in my like for the first one or my dislike for this one. Huh. What what I don't like more about this one is that <laughs> there there is really no motivation that comes through apart from just being insane. Like the only the only reason we get in this movie for you know like in this movie the true motivation is really almost sort of, you know, just revenge. It, yeah, part it, of it. A lot of it is, uh, you know, revenge for Ra's al Ghul and and doing what he wanted to do, just because Batman who killed him didn't want him to do it. Right. Not even especially. We don't we don't really get a lot of the talk about the philosophy behind it, or you know, people do keep saying, you know, look. Gotham is beyond redemption or something. Right. But there's not really much to the philosophy going on or why we're doing this. Why we're really doing it is is because that's what he wanted to do and I want to do what he wanted to do. But and, and so then it can go wrong because it's like this whole revenge thing. It's actually gone wrong because I don't think Ra's al Ghul would ever kill himself in the furtherance of his cause as the plan. Right. Maybe you would right. maybe you would get to you would get to that last second and you would go, Well, the only way this is gonna happen is if I kill myself. Right. And so fine, it has to happen and you know, the movement will keep going on or whatever. But he's not in his secret castle lair going, Now here's the plan. Right. I, I die. Right. That's that's like where it's gone wrong because we we don't have the kind of philosophy behind it. That makes it more interesting than just going and see. That's funny because you're trying to talk about terrorism, yeah. And and it's hard not to come from the point of view that you know what's driving the terrorists is that they're insane, it, right. it, it, to some degree or other. However, you they might explain their own motivations or whatever. Right. But I don't think that like the League of Shadows were really insane. I think the League of Shadows were. They had a philosophy, and and man, did it go wrong. <laughs> but not just they're completely insane and want to kill everyone and don't really have even like a story behind it. Like I think the League of Shadows have a story that if you heard the first – if you broke if you broke the League of Shadows into two parts, and one part was this is our story, right? and the other part is this is what we want to do about it, right? right? The first part seems kind of fine. You know what I mean? Their their story seems like you may not agree with it. I mean, various people may not agree with it, but you go, well, I can see where that's right. a point of view to have. Right. What's gone wrong with it is what they want to do about it. 
But now we just have like insane people who, if they have any kind of motivation at all, it's it's really mostly just revenge. And we don't even like get much of the League of Shadows. Yeah. Like we don't explain what's going on with them or or how things have happened. As far as we know, they're all on this island. Because we don't have any idea what's going on and we have, you know, who is leading them or who is very high up the food chain or whatever. And, and, you know, maybe they're all there and then this is just the end. And even if you have this philosophy and destroy New York City, are you really going to get all that much out of what your philosophy is? So, like, the one city's gone. Well, see, that in, that in, in and of itself is a parallel of terrorism. Like, really, what are you going to get, you know, if you if you drive a bus that has a bunch of explosive, explosives into a crowded business center at the United Nations? You know, what is your right. ultimate goal? Is it, you know, is it to, to further your bankroll or is it to do this to spread your message? Or if because your attitude towards this act is so insane, are we unable to really identify it and, you know... Well, but there's a difference between, you know, the guy who does the car bombing. This is like uh, just the weirdest conversation ever. There's a difference between the guy who, who, who actually performs the car bombing. Mm -hmm. And that would be a very different act. If, if at the time that your bomb blew up, everyone who believed the same thing you do died at the same time too. Okay. I mean, wouldn't that be like a totally different thing? I mean, what you're saying is you've got potentially because we don't have the exact explanation, but Everyone in the League of Shadows involved in this one thing, and the ultimate result of it is that we all die too. And then, and then who blows up the next city, or who who continues? <laughs> well, the, that's just it. I don't the think theory. even even yeah. like in the original when Rosal Ghoul comes back and he starts lighting Wayne Manor on fire, and he's like, you know, you burned down my house, I burned down yours. You know, he's representing that the League of Shadows is not your average criminal, nor are they to believe, you know, to be believed to be foolish and, and haphazard. Like, they're going to find a way out through mystic or, you know, whatever League of Shadowy means that they've learned and go to the next place. You know, that they are the overseers. They're the watchmen of a certain type of ideology. And they they proceed as And you just, you just have to assume that exists if somewhere. You, if you in buy into them, if you buy into them as being part of the story, you just kind of have to take it as the baggage that comes with it. But I guess I don't know. I think there was a lot of stuff that kind of spins around the motivations that are happening in this movie that I just thought were weird. And yeah. ultimate, I, I ultimately, it, I felt I, like ultimately, I felt like it wasn't a great story. It wasn't a fun story and it wasn't mm. a really good story. It was a story about this stuff that we wanted to say, anyway. to have subtext happen for, I guess. And then it's like, can we, so here's the subtext I want to say. Right. So we'll do that for like two hours. And then for like, <laughs> you know, 40 minutes, we'll right. watch the bat plane fly around. Right. I mean, it's just like, oh, you don't like the bat. Wing. It's just like we took well, this stuff and, and smushed it in. Yeah. I know you've liked Batman begins more. We've talked about even before the dark Knight today, we've talked right. about it a bunch of times. I just think if what you like about the first film that makes it better than the second or the third film is just really the genesis of how Bruce Wayne became Batman. Because what I hear you saying is you didn't really like the 
League of Shadows stuff or the poison in the gas, you didn't really like that part of it, then I don't I just I didn't see I didn't I didn't really I didn't really care about it. I I thought the League of Shadows worked way better in the first movie. It made more sense. There was an actual motivation behind things that was something different than just going, I'm insane, you know, babbling well, again, idiot, blowing this stuff is part, up. And this is part of why I thought, you know, and we both agreed, you know, we need a longer time period because we're not talking about one film. We're talking about how it runs through three. I think if you know and you like that in the first film, you, you know, you have all the motivation you need for the third film. If If Bane is an agent of the League of Shadows under whatever reason, you know, if you are telling me you don't believe or know or understand any of his motivations, yet you love the stuff in the first film, I don't see how that's not reconciled. Personally, uh, like I, I just, I just think you've got all the answers you need. I don't the first even, film. even at the end of the movie, I don't believe that's actually his story anyway. I don't, okay. I don't think that's his motivation. I, I think, yeah. I mean, I think there. He's devoted he's, to someone who is that who has that motivation. Right. He has a relationship with you know, the League of Shadows. Right. But I don't know that he is really... Well, he is truly a mercenary of sorts. ...motivated by the League of Shadows at all, which is why I sort of question if, even at the end, his motivation makes sense. Because I'm not sure that he is absolutely, like, a disciple of the League of Shadows. He's kind of a disciple of something else. Well, again, he's like Batman. in, In his own... Way. I see him just like Batman, who was, if you, Christopher Nolan's Batman, who was trained under and to be bred into the League of Shadows and then cast out right. and went his own way. Bane did the same thing. He was educated and taught and trained in the League of Shadows, and then he was excommunicated well, in the same right. way. And now he is a vigilante or a terrorist or a mercenary. The flip side of which is Batman, who is seen by some as a hero and others as a terrorist. So well, I think there's a lot of parallels going on here, and I I like that. I think there are too, and that's yeah. and I don't. I know I that's not necessarily I, I don't what you're really, arguing. I, I don't really have a problem no, with that. Um, I think you know. I started off he, addressing yours, and then I went to Batman. I right. Um, Batman is in the League of Shadows and leaves right. because he decides that they're crazy, <laughs> and, and wants to go his own way, and then we have. All of that play, too, in the first movie where, you know, Ra's al Ghul is saying, look, you're doing the same thing we're doing. Right. You're just doing the one man at a time version, right. and we're doing a big group of it version. Right. And and whether or not that actually makes sense or that yeah. follows, you know, logically that what I do is just the tiny version of the exact same thing you do. And, you know, there's, I don't know, there's questions. All kinds of There's ways, questions yeah. there and stuff. And then Bane was thrown out. We have a phone call. We do? Look at this. I'm so excited. Stay on the line. Okay. Now we're going to try this. Yeah, we will will see if we can hear, and we're even getting mildly close on time. I have to see how much I can turn up the volume on this, and let's see if we can go live with the caller. And it's waiting. Hello, caller. Are you there? Yes, this is Taylor from New Orleans. How are you? Wow, I can't hear that great. Can you hear him? No, I have to hear him through the through the monitor. Uh, can we get your name? Taylor from New Orleans. Yeah, I can't really hear. I heard from New Orleans. We're going to try to risk a little feedback here. Yeah. Maybe that'll work. Yeah, it's can a little... Can you hear me now? 
Yeah, we can hear you pretty yeah. good now. It's just that if we talk very loud, we'll go back from the mic a bit. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, I just uh, uh, listening to what you were saying, um, and uh, you know, I have a little bit of a disagreement. I think, uh, and it, it seems like you were kind of heading in that direction, more so that 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 Batman um, or, or Bruce Wayne rather chose to leave. Whereas uh, Bane did not, and and uh, and Bane and the League of Shadows in general, um, uh, their their whole purpose isn't isn't really to solve anything, but to destroy uh, an issue, as opposed to try and solve it. Whereas Batman is, it may seem as a one man at a time uh, kind of idea, but but really, you know, he refuses to destroy uh, what he thinks is the good in people. He even with in this movie, I don't want to make any spoilers, but you know some of the things he does with people who uh, seem awfully bad, uh, he gives them a chance to try and, and do something good. And I think that's kind of his point. He doesn't kill anyone. Um, uh, the Ra's al Ghul thing, uh, as people know who read the comics, he, he never dies. And Batman really never kills any of his enemies. He's, he's above it. Um, I think that's kind of the difference between uh, him and everyone else, and and that's why I think it's not it's not the same. It's uh it's it's very different to say you know we're trying to do the same thing you're doing, but you're doing it one minute at a time. No, you you're you're not you're not doing the same thing I'm doing. It's it's a principal difference and a an extreme one at that. So. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think it, I think if we talk, we're gonna have problems. But I think that it would be a lot of my point in liking the first one, at least from the perspective of trying to get a motivation for what's going on from the bad side. Yeah. And at least in the first one, the bad side has a motivation you can talk about and you can compare and you can even even have that question about are they the same or are they different and why. Yeah. And in, in this one, I don't think you you get that. I don't think you get anything. I don't think you get anything from the other side of Batman in this one. And even in the dark Knight, when you have the Joker, you've got something that he's dealing with as a different side to himself that he and the Joker in their own way are not so different. Or if we ultimately decide they are, at least there's a question. There's, an argument to have and there's something to talk about. And in this one, I don't know that you have that hmm. coming through mm -hmm. for me anyway. There's just crazy people on the other side. <laughs> but I, I totally agree with you about where we get the distinctions for Batman right. and how we can kind of highlight the distinctions for Batman and what makes Batman different because we have Ra's al Ghul making these claims and doing what he does and talking about what Batman does. And that's how you can show more about what Batman is and who Batman is and why he does what he does. Yeah. And, it, you know, in this movie, I don't feel like you're getting that interplay with anything, with with Batman and anything. Yeah. And in the first two movies, I think you get pretty clear, interesting ideas that you can talk about and have discussions about that are what is Batman playing against yeah. and here, what is he playing against? Yeah. I guess before we go, I'd be curious to the caller. Um, I assume you've seen all three movies. 
in in order, which are your favorite? Uh, reverse in reverse order, they're my favorite. Um, I think this last one, uh, it, it the first two, uh, the first one was was very entertaining. It was very well done. Um, it was good. I didn't have very many issues with it. Um, in fact, I can't. I couldn't even name any really. Now, now that I'm thinking about it, um, I enjoyed the movie quite a bit. Uh, when the second one came out, it was um, phenomenal. Uh, the the pacing, the uh, the acting, of course, with with Heath Ledger, um, which can never really be overstated. Um, and then with this one, I think Tom Hardy was was most certainly. I was surprised that he wasn't chosen because of his role in Bronson, but instead for his role in Rocket Roller. In fact. Right. Christopher Nolan has never seen Bronson, but um, I, uh, I I was I was truly taken aback. Not just that the the first two were missing one thing that the third had finally brought, and that's the the kind of the emotional impact. Because in the first two it was there, it, but it was very very hollow, as as someone put it. And in the third, it was very real. I I almost felt myself coming to tears um, when Michael Caine spoke uh, in this movie. Right. Um, it was just it was. It was very, very much real. I think it was a perfect closing. It was a perfect. Um, it was just a perfect movie. I'll, I'll say that. So. Oh, great! You know, I'm I'm excited you called in. I'm, I'm that's cool. Really, I, th- I think that's how with your points, and I'm just excited you called in too. So am I. I, yeah. I think that that is actually how uh, it looks like a lot of people are going. You know, which I mean, way it, the, in the oh, right. in the like the, in the reverse order like that. That's how. A lot of the critics that I, I that I have read. That in a minute, but. Um, thanks very much for calling yeah, in. Did, did you have anything else you wanted to throw out real quick? No, nope, that's it. Go? I wanted to kind of contribute. Thank you. Yeah, oh, thanks. thanks. Thanks so much. Take it easy. That's awesome. I love I love the call. Um, I love the call too. That was so cool. And you know, that there needs to be something. We're gonna to have to find a way to handle that a little different. I'm sorry for him. The, there needs, we couldn't hear you at first. We were dealing with the, the feedback, and I don't know how we'll. Yeah, unless unless we have the computer like on right. another table farther away we'll from the mics. The mics are too good now. The it, mics are so good. The problem that we have. seriously, the um, the computer makes any kind of noise at all, right. and yeah, it's it's horrible. But um, yeah, I really appreciate the call in, yeah. and and I think I think for me, I mean, he's talking about in his comment in the beginning about how things work in the first movie. And I think he's exactly right. But whether he's right or not, I think the fact that there is that conversation to be had, it's there to have, yeah, makes it, all so the more interesting. We're getting a little bit down from the wire. We'll we'll start to wrap yeah, up. Yeah, we need to wrap we do, up. We do a seriously, slow wrap. I don't want to go over because <laughs> well, that would just be insane. I guess I'll say real quick that aside from the other things that I, I enjoyed about the film, which I said in the beginning um, about the themes and the motifs that were going around, there were a couple fun moments, just throwaway moments that were in there, not as a gag, but there's a moment where um, before the stock exchange scene happens, there's uh, two kind of snobby brokers chatting and talking and one of them says oh, I had a really difficult decision he's like what did you do and as the camera follows in through past them he says oh, I just flipped a coin right, you know it's just right. a really fun nod to you know to right. face he's coin uh, flipping he's um and not not only that but to just in general the fact that here are a couple of people right dealing with massive amounts of money and responsibility and, and livelihood and, and the everything. thing was the thing was um 
you know, Bruce Wayne has been Bruce Wayne has been like a recluse for yep. the years, years since the earlier one, and now he showed up. And what they're talking about is what will the fact that he you know went out to a party what right. will that do to like the stock right and the, and which what could that mean to the stock nothing right. nothing it, it's, at all it's but something it in. it's it's based on right. nothing see right? this is what i'm talking about and all so this is working. the this is the whole thing talking about you know just how the whole economic system runs and that that these two goofballs are trading who knows how much money mm-hmm. on the stock floor based on the fact that he showed up, which is totally stupid. And it, you know, his question is, so is that going to be like good for the stock or bad right. for the stock? Yes. And he, and he goes, well, I flipped a coin. I don't know. And, yeah. and, and who and knows, has, who knows what that did? He right. traded, you know, who billions knows, yeah. of dollars worth companies of stocks or, or something. Right. right. I just love the throwaway moment because it had so many things to say about the obvious and the not obvious. Right. right. And now, um, coupled with that, we did – I think that's kind of a good point where that's like a quick little thing that happened mm-hmm. that was really cool. Right. And a lot of the problems that I have with the movie – and I think it's funny that you know we do this every week where it's like you – know, like you'll say all <laughs> I'm these – I'll be positive or negative you, you'll and you're see, the flip side. Then you'll we say, come together. Right. We're not going to be same this time. You'll say all these horrendously <laughs> negative things about a movie and then you'll go nah, – and, and, and then you'll give it like basically the same rating I do. <laughs> we're going to be or, far on this yeah. one. I don't know that we're going to be far. I didn't think it was a terrible movie. I, I, had, I, we're I had a lot of problems with it. And – just like where you have this point where you're like, here's this quick thing, and I thought it was very cool, and yeah. it did all this stuff. There, For me, there was a lot of stuff in this movie that was I felt like really was kind of the easy, cheap way out and was huh. really like, uh, I don't know, just, you know, I expected more uh, from mm-hmm. Nolan. If this is a certain point he's trying to make yeah. – then I would expect him to do something more interesting with it. So there were like a lot of little moments just like that, but they were like kind of the reverse for me. There was like, even like, you know, a good example is uh, Commissioner Gordon is, is getting on the train to put the thing onto the thing. And, you know, does he hold on to it the whole time or does the truck hit a bump in the road and it jumps out of his hand? I'm like going, you know, seriously, if this was a stagecoach, then maybe (laughs) that would be okay. But you know, how many times does that happen in the movies? And right. not like, you know, that's like the worst thing anyone could ever do. But it's just like when you're watching it, you're going, oh, okay, I feel tense now because he dropped right. it fine. You know, it's like, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to throw some tension into this moment. And will he get there in time? And, oh, no, he dropped it. I mean, it's just like that's – and that's just kind of representative to All me right. of lots of little things that happen in the movie where it just – I just expected him to make more interesting choices a lot of the time. I'm 86 minutes into this review with you, and now you've got me curious. Let's hear your grade. My grade? Let's hear your grade. All all that stuff aside, now I'm, now I'm really curious as to where – because all these little things that we're digging at you, I'm curious as to what they did. Okay. Well, um, now I think you have to like <laughs> – You have to – right. We have to wrap up. We don't have a whole lot of time, but we have a little bit of time, and I think – my my grade and my reaction, I think, you know, make more sense, right? If if you know the other grades for the other movies. Okay. I gave the first movie five stars. Okay. And I gave the first mo- the second movie. I think 
I want to say, uh, you know, someone will look this up and call me a liar for right. not knowing my own grades. And I didn't look them up before. <laughs> a lot of grades, though. I, I didn't look them up before, but I think I gave it four stars yeah. or maybe four and a half stars. It's a little less, but... I, I, probably four stars because yeah. I, I I liked it a lot. I right. just, no, I I just didn't you can completely criticism. love it, you know? You can have criticisms about something so, and still really enjoy it. So now I'm going... I kind of, you know, now this one's You're third. You're going to four. Right? You're four, but it's four and a half, third five. out of like... <laughs> Right. This it, is it. It's third out of three really good movies, right? right. It's not like right. it's so I think my grade and, and actually I kinda hate to give my grade on this movie in the instant reaction way, just because there are a lot of things to think about. This, this was a heavy film. And right. this is a movie where you kinda wanna like before you like go, this is my grade, right. and I stamp that on there forever. Real, yeah, you know, this is a movie that can like run through your head a few times, whether it's but good or bad. This is still I instant think, reaction review. You can we'll, well check right. in that's, next week and that's see what if it's it changed. Right. And then I'll then I'll be like one right. star. So right. it turns out that <laughs> everything about I'll, the movie sucks. I'll have called you every night to tell yeah. you how great it is, and you'll just whittle down. I think probably I'm fairly solidly at like. Three and a half to four. Huh. Uh, I almost kind of would. This is one of our. I almost kind of would have like a three quarter or something, but I think yeah. probably like three and a half stars is probably where I'll land. Mm. But I feel like I, I need some wiggle room up and down. You yeah, know, like no, plus or minus a little not bit. Not really. You, you're like at four. You're not sure where the half is going up or down. At right. This point. Right. Um, um, even though you're saying three and a half, but I mean. Right. It's not going to go any lower than three and a half. So you don't really need wiggle room down. You just need a lot of wiggle room up. So if four is where you at, where you're at, and you need to go up or down a half star, basically. No, I don't think. I, I, no, <laughs> you you've gone like wrong there. Sale. I don't think. It, I don't right. think I'd ever go four and a half. I think I'm really at like three and a half, three plus and three or minus quarters. a half. Yeah. <laughs> or plus or minus a quarter. Right. It's it, it could go up to four, but I, right. I would be surprised to find myself going up more than that. Yeah. I think there were there were fun parts. It definitely did a lot of stuff really well and did a lot of stuff really cool. And Christopher Nolan can obviously build lots of stuff into any mm-hmm. little thing he does. I just I I didn't love it. I, yeah. I didn't I yeah. didn't. I didn't oh. get what out of it. What even what kind of I was hoping to get out that's of it. Depressing. I guess it just that's depressing. <laughs> it's not going to depress me though. It's not. Uh, it's not that bad. Okay, we're totally going to run out of time. I now. tried to hurry you along, and you were yelling. I know. But um, so well, what's so what's yours? I'm I'm trying to figure out if it can get any higher than four and a half. I'm pretty solid at four and a quarter, four and a half, like. It was it was a lot of stuff that I wanted. It was a lot of stuff that I thought it delivered really well. Right. I love all the all the bigger running underlying ideas and motifs that are there, and the characters I thought were really great. All right. So now we have 15 seconds left before we go. All right. Let's do it. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for staying with us we, for an hour and a half. We will be back next week, and yep. I'm not sure what we'll be doing next week, actually. It'll be a surprise. But uh, check us at com, and thanks a lot for tuning in. Bye. 
Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with their spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway. There is more to me, Queen Eliara of Elfgard, than my elven magic. Just as there's more to Geico than saving you money, Geico also gives you 24-7 access to licensed agents online, on the phone, or on the Geico app. And while I am a mighty elf queen, I am also a mighty big fan of barbecue potato chips. Minion! More smoky mesquite. Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. 